Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Manic Podcast with me, Liam, and my wonderful co-host, Tobias. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I am awesome. How are you? I'm equally awesome. What's the theme for today, Liam? Oh, well, because it's Halloween, I thought we'd do something spooky. <laughs> that was my evil laugh. Yeah, it was better than the one in the thriller. It was. It was better than the one in the thriller. I bet if you were around then, MJ would have been like, you do that for me, T. He didn't you know do me. That. He didn't, he didn't but he should have because of that laugh alone. I agree. Now, our theme for today, because it's all spooky and scary-like, that's a sentence. Scary-like. 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 Sounds a bit too Essex for me. Um, We're going to do our favourite horror films. And by horror, we're being a little bit more loose with the term. So we're going horror, slasher, thriller. I've got a question for you, Liam. I love questions. Within horror, there are a few sub-genres. You just started to uh, list them. You can ask me to try and list them all. Uh, No, no, I wasn't. I was just going to say, because I've got a list. Of course. According to Wikipedia, how many sub-genres of horror are there? Oh, I bet there's something like 30-something. I bet it's something stupid, like, because there's teen horror... Like, non-teen horror, which I suppose is adult well, horror. Well, you just ruined everything. There's way fewer than 30. Is there? There's 17. Oh, really? And you can have low-budget action, comedy, body, disaster, found footage, holiday, drama, psychological, science fiction, slasher, supernatural, gothic, natural, oh, nature, I think, zombie, first person, and teen you said body horror and I just got stuck on the image of a mirror, so it's fine. That's your own personal hell, isn't it? <laughs> no, do you know what my personal hell is? One of those fun houses which is just mirrors everywhere. There's like 40 of you in a circle. Yeah, that but, is terrifying. But isn't that when they're all like, they make you fat and thin? But what if you see a mirror and it's meant to do one and it just makes you look normal? No, actually, <laughs> the worst thing I've ever encountered was at one of these travelling fairs that comes to your town. Yeah. We don't get them as much around here because we're a seaside place. We but still have them. We do have them. Do we get the proper ones? Um, like with, with little we have circus-y stuff. things. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. No, this along. is more like the fair that we have down the front oh, that right, yeah. travels to you. And it's, it's the only time I've ever seen one. It's, it was a fun house, but it was just a big cube with mirrors around all the outside and glass walls inside. So you couldn't... Some of them slid, some of them pushed, and you just had to kind of get from one point to the other. But you couldn't see where you were because the mirrors confused you and the glass... Oh no, I've been in something like that. And it was like terrifying because I got stuck in it. I think it was in France. They have Madame de Swords in France. Yeah. In Madame de Swords, but in one of the foreign ones. I don't know about the English one, maybe now. But they had a hall of mirrors in there. Right. But I think the scariest thing was other people were doing it at the same time. Yeah. And you turn a corner and there'd be 15 of the same child. <laughs> <laughs> the children are creepy anyway. At the best of times. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a rundown of our top three favourite horrors and as I said we are going for all different types of genre of horror so we're not limiting it to just standard stereotypical Halloween films it's just anything that I suppose thrilled or scared you at all really sound about right sounds about right to me sounds about right let's dive in I suppose you can go first if you I'll go first with uh, number three three. on my list now this one isn't I wouldn't say scary now I will say actually horror films don't particularly scare me if I'm watching a film what makes me jump isn't the film, it's other people jumping at the film. That's fair enough. I, I'll interject and say, I went through a phase until I was about 13, 14, where I'd seen a lot of films and horror films a lot older than I was, and none of them really scared me. No. So I made an effort to try and scare myself with films, and I, I won't say what it is, but my number two option is the first one that ever full-on scared me. Okay, fair but enough. But I, I made a point of saying, 
I want. I'm not scared of any of these films, and they should be scaring me. Am I dead inside? <laughs> you are dead. Inside. I am dead inside, uh, but very, in a different kind of way. I think. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the first film to ever scare me, I haven't included in my list. I will talk about it later. That's fine. Because I've got a couple of little ditties like yeah. that. Yeah. Well. Little so ditties, you're, you're so going to have a little, little song about ditties. it. <laughs> no, that's next week's podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> right, uh, my number three is a slasher variety of film. Ooh. Uh, it's one of my favourites, if not not because it's scary, I just really like it, and that's Scream good by, uh, by Wes Craven. It, it was released in 96, perfect age for me. Yeah. I was a little bit too young to see it, but shh, we won't talk about that. Uh, that's the charm, though, isn't it? To be it? honest, Wes Craven is the, the king of cinematic horror. Still is. Yeah. Well, sadly, I mean, he sadly passed. But, I mean, he still holds the crown, I think. I think he does. I mean, you've got Stephen King for written Yeah, horrors, Stephen King's like the, the, the book horror. But from a film point of view, Wes Craven is completely up there. He's an icon, if nothing else. He is. Uh, he co-created Scream with Kevin Williamson, who was actually the real writer of the franchise. Now, there's there's been four in a TV series. I have never seen the TV series. I, I have seen the TV series. Is it any good? I keep in mind. I we've discussed this before. I'm not a massive fan of the films. No. I actually do really like the TV series, which, considering I didn't like the films, did surprise me. Well, the first one. Did you say you haven't seen the TV? Not series? Not the TV series. No. The films, though, especially the first one. I think. I think the first one is still very much the best. Yeah. One. Um, for me, the fact, the key factor to that film was that there were two killers. Yeah. And I do twist. I do like predicting what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I couldn't with that because I was only looking for one. Yeah. So Again at... it was it was a turning point for its genre really, wasn't it? Because it was that kind of thing that hadn't really been done, that no, major twist. It, I think what Wes Craven knew to do with it, it kind of was I'm never gonna be able to say the word, you might be able to self referential. Is that right? Self-referential. I'm not sure if I that's the word. I think you said it right. I don't know if I've said and it I right. I may have just copied you and we <laughs> might have both got it wrong. It knows what it is. Yeah. And it kind of it look, it look, kind of has that knowing look to the audience. It's not spoof in no, any It's way. not like as hardcore as like Deadpool. But it, no. Deadpool is very much... That just takes the mickey the out. It doesn't but take the mickey it, out. It itself. kind of knows what it's doing. The fact is, you've got a character in it who literally explains the rules of a slasher flick to you. Yeah. So, you know, it, it falls in with all the rules that you'd expect, but it kind of subverts it by knowing the rules itself. I mean, it references other horrors in it. One, yeah. of, one, of, one of the characters, the guy he comes up with all the rules, he's a geek himself. He's seen it all. He knows what every film brings, so he knows what to expect. Considering I'm not a fan of the films that much, yeah. I don't really remember much of, apart from the basics of the film, I don't know how similar it is to the actual story of the, the series. Because there is, again, there is the kid who, who loves all the horror films. I'm not yeah. sure if it just emulates it, if it's like a literal carbon copy into a series. But I don't think it, it is, because it wouldn't be able to I th- No, I think, on, it, I think but... it's taken traits. Yes. I think, actually, it's set in the future. Like not like not like future, as in like it's years on. I think. Well, I don't know. I can't comment on that. But from the first film, what you had to love about it, I've already said there were there were two killers. It followed the rules. It told you the rules and then followed it, breaking some as it went along because it could do that because it knew Who's what it in was. It? Well, the key point was the the biggest name at the time was Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She gets killed off in the opening credits. Good times. You know, it's actually a prologue to the rest of the film. 
So it's quite good as normally these films, if you know who the star is, you know they're going to make it a long way. Is it that famous scene where the phone rings? And yes. She, and she runs She's making popcorn. I wouldn't, well, it's been spoofed a that lot thing, by that, Scary Movie. That thing is scary. A lot of people might know more from Scary Movie as well. Maybe, because that is, it basically takes Scream. Yeah. And that is the spoof. Yeah. Scream itself, it has its, its thrills. It's a slasher. It's a teen slasher. Yeah. Although I don't know exactly how many of the cast were actually teens. It's one of those American yeah, movies, you know. Is a teen slasher meant to be for teens or mainly involving teens? What's the... I, well, it's meant to be both, I think. Oh, is it? Yes. It's meant to it's be not, like... Not for teens, it's involving teens. I it can't be for teens, can no, it be 18? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it kind of... Another famous person in it was Courtney Cox. Uh, yeah. Drew Barrymore was a bigger name at the what time. Males. David Arquette obviously David Arquette and Courtney Cox married that's where they met each other on the set of Scream Neve Campbell is the main star but all the main cast are listed alphabetically so you don't know who the main characters are is until Matthew, afterwards is Matthew Lillard in it? Lillard Lillard yes he's is he stu- in Scream or is he in he's in Scream okay cool he's in one of my choices as well I know what that is yeah. yes very good uh, but absolutely love Scream I loved most of the sequels as well I would say I was a little bit disappointed with the th- there's four films all in all very much the first trilogy then there was a big gap and then there was the fourth one which introduced me to Alison Brie I should just point out because oh. she's in it I don't want to say too much because I, I don't want to talk about all of the franchise no but the first film I do think is iconic for many levels and just basically reconfirmed how good Wes Craven is at knowing his genre. I mean, the mask of Scream. Ghostface. The Ghostface. That, that alone has become it's so famous. very iconic. To the point where they use the same thing in the in the spoof of it. It's not like a, a different thing that's similar to it, is it? No, no, you know it, what it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's, And it's still probably one of the most common costumes, really. Like, it's an ge- easy it's costume. It's nowadays, easy. it's a generic Halloween costume. Yes, it is. Just like, um, like Jason Voorhees yes. with the, the hockey mask. Yes. Yeah. The hockey mask has become a generic... There are things like witches, monsters, but then you've got characters like the mask, um, the Kruger fingers. Um, do you know what I mean? Yes. The standards. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Well, that's mine. Don't have much more to say to it without going into all of the that's films. That's the problem. Which all I these, could. I could these, easily. All of these films will easily have... Most you, of them could, do have sequels. You could go in depth about any film. Even if it's a rubbish film, you could go in depth about it. And most of them are, let's be honest. Horror is one of those things that is sometimes it's good to be bad. Oh, sometimes tacky isn't always a bad thing. No, they can... But there, there is definitely a line. There is. But I do think... Not everyone's a fan... You've said that you're not a massive fan of Scream. Not Scream's but not I think bad it's, films, they're just not for me. I think it's got a high quality to it, and it was actually my introduction to a lot of horrors, I think. True. Do you know what I think it might be about it? Because there is a level of cheese to it, isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. that might be what it is. I quite like a horror that is more like, not gore, but a bit more grit. As I said, I didn't find it scary. I actually quite like the fact that it's not that gory. It's a slasher thing, and I do think with putting it in with teenagers and yeah. a group of friends, and it being some of the friends who are actually the killer, yeah. I think that is actually quite a realistic situation in itself, especially, unfortunately, in today, you see. So I do think it's actually got a lot going for it, and I do think a lot of films since that have tried to emulate it in different ways. Yeah. But let's go over to your... What's your first choice? Uh, My first choice, which I think you had in mind at some point as well. I did. uh, Paranormal Activity 1. Absolutely love it. Great film. It was going to be my third one, then you told me that you had it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, initially I was actually going to say the third one. Oh, really? uh, I really like the third one. I do like it. I changed it because I realised it wasn't my favourite of the series, but it's the only one I've actually seen on Halloween. Yes. Because it came out on Halloween. 
it's good. And I went and saw it at the cinema on its release. If there is something that is going to scare me, it's ghosts. Yeah. And I think the key point with the first film, the first film feels like it could be anyone's apartment. Yeah, I mean, house, I mean, it's a very interesting thing. And again, it's another... So many of these horror films are icons in themselves. They've changed things. Like, it's this... It's not... I mean, it's not. I wouldn't class it as self-tape, but it kind of is. Do you know what I mean? Because they is. set the cameras up themselves. It is found footage, actually. I mean, the yeah. whole thing is filmed on genuine handheld uh, digital cameras. Yes, and they did that classic thing, like what happened with Blair Witch Project. They used the actors' names... Yeah. So to make well, it a little bit the, more realistic. On the initial release in cinemas, there wasn't opening or end credits. No? On the very, no, on the very initial release. That's good. It was literally just like, this is what you're watching and it's finished. Which is quite... Obviously, there are credits on like DVD releases, probably later yes, releases. Because yeah. it's not practical anymore not to do that. No. People like the credit. And there is also a legal obligation. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's a great film. Lots of little facts about it, really. Like, it's completely unscripted. Nice. Um, they were just told the kind of thing they had to speak about in scenes. Which I suppose gave it that real feel because that was the key to the film working. It felt real. It did. Which is where some of the later ones start to kind of peel off. My my issue with the later ones, I do like the whole franchise. Yeah. I own all but one. I look at my all the DVDs. There's five, six. six. There's six, and I own the first five. I don't have the final one. Okay. Uh, that includes like the spin-off marked ones. But for me, whilst the first one feels like it could happen to anyone, the franchise as it went on became a little bit too indulgent in its own characters. Yeah. It could only really have happened to that family. The first couple of films, it's quite nice. It's the same kind of family linked. And you don't automatically know that all the time. No. Little elements you don't always know. Little fact, another little fact about it, um, it's filmed in the house of the director. Nice. Uh, Oren Pelly. That is correct. I'd written that down because it was going to be my film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all filmed in his house, which again is quite a cool little thing there. Yeah. He, uh, he made all the crew of it wear black cool. so that their reflections didn't show up any wooden surfaces or floors or windows yeah which again it's it's just clever really it's logical it has a great atmosphere to it it is as I say I don't get scared it's probably one of the closest ones that has scared yeah, me yeah because again because of how real it feels the more real a film feels the more it's likely to affect you because you can be sitting in your house watching something that looks like it's just in someone's overly expensive house yeah and you're like oh well, that could happen even though it's not going to usually <laughs> usually you know you you'd, say, hope, you'd finger, hope it wouldn't fingers crossed that's where your, your, um, your speaker starts talking to us again yes <laughs> <laughs> but that's the charm of that film now obviously it's got quite a famous ending of uh, being thrown at the camera but that's it's got, only one of the but it's got an, it? It, that's not the original ending the, the other ending there that is like on the DVD was the original ending alright yeah it was suggested it be changed by Steven Spielberg really yeah because they do all that, like their previews. Yeah. Right? And he suggested, I think, your other ending. Because they showed both endings. Mm. And he said, I think your other ending is more... Because like, what is the other ending, the one that they didn't go with? Oh, I can't remember no, neither can I. I do prefer the one that they did go with. Yeah. I think they made the right choice. Good old Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's, it's more dramatic. Yeah. I mean, that end bit where they're upstairs and you just hear... Because you don't see anything, do you? It's the break of the neck. No, they're the body. You see them. Well, the thing is, you hear the noise. Yeah. Um, the wife's not in the bed anymore. The bloke wakes up. Yeah. And he, he's kind of in the doorway and he can hear something downstairs because the camera's obviously at the end of the bed looking towards the bed with a door on the left. Yeah. You see him go down the stairs, which is cleverly yeah. right there at the door. You see him go down and obviously it's black from the stairs downwards. You then kind of hear uh, like a kerfuffle, then silence, and then the body just launches from the blackness. Mm. 
doesn't it? And then obviously the woman appears. You do see a sort of demonic face, and I kind of wish they hadn't done that in a way. They, yeah, but it's it's, it's a blink and you'll miss it kind of. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You have to be paying proper attention to it. But the thing is, it is one of those films. I didn't see that one at the cinema. I've seen all the others at the cinema. That one I saw for the first time on DVD because people had talked about it. Yeah, it's got and some really good moments. Like when you first hear the footsteps coming yes. through the house. And and the thing is though. It, I have watched every scene of that film with bated breath because you're like, is something going to happen in this scene? But you do, don't yeah. you? I think, is it the third one with the swimming pool or is that the second one? The second one's the one in the swimming pool the with many The third one's the one with the twin girls, isn't it? Which is very good. I do like the third one. It, it, I mean, yeah. I think for me, the third one is where it, the last genuinely completely good one. The later ones start to lose it a little bit because they go into the whole kind of coven side of it, don't they? Yes, it does get... Which for me is where I liked the mystery of it not being that. It before. is, yeah. Because yeah. when you start explaining something, it loses its fear. thing is, they are quite clever because they interconnect in ways like... The fourth one is marked ones. It's the, the spin-off one. Yeah. But it, what people don't realise is it does still connect. Yeah. They go through a doorway, don't they? And then it ends up in one of their houses... Yeah, it's all linked. It is. It is a clever franchise. Yeah, it's a brilliant. Have they finished it? Have they closed it. I off? well, the last one, I do believe they dealt with it. But the problem with horror films is they never truly no. finish anything. But they're bringing. I mean, there's a new Halloween coming out. Yes. And actually, I think the trailer looks alright for it. It makes sense, but I do think some. Films... I think it's ignored a lot of the sequels. True. Some films and franchises should be left alone when yes. they're as iconic. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do what. Like, um, well, a lot of films don't just remake it, don't carry it on. I dis- will disagree with you. Yeah, on that. You think I should carry it on. I would prefer a good solid sequel than a reboot, yeah, I suppose. Because a reboot, I think, can get tiresome, especially if you are such a fan of the original. That's true. I suppose it's just an, it's an opinion thing, isn't it? It's, yeah, it depends on who's watching. I'm gonna reference a film that I haven't seen actually, but uh, our mutual friend Craig has told me about it. There's a film called The Thing. Yeah. And they made a reboot, except yeah. it turned out not to be a reboot. It turned out to be a prequel. But they sold it as a reboot. They just called it The Thing. Yeah, I haven't, I thought, I haven't seen either. I haven't the original I've got the, the original. I think they're both on Netflix, if I can remember. Or they might be on Sky, one of the two. Maybe. Uh, I haven't seen the new one, because I thought it was just a remake, and I didn't really want to see a remake. Yeah. But Craig telling me that, it does make me want to see it now. Now that I know that You know it's that actually... it's not just an out-and-out no. remake. no. Like the Psycho films, which are... It's just, isn't it shot from shot, basically? It is, with a couple of things added. Uh, I actually didn't mind it. I, I, I think right. if, at least if you're going to remake something, don't just make a shot for shot. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? But, in a way, at least that's kind of almost an experiment in itself. It's kind of like a homage to itself, isn't it? Yes, because I guess if you take something that you loved, or is well-loved, and change it, why? Because it was so well-loved. Yeah. At least by doing it shot by shot, you're going... Well, I want to do it in colour, I want to do it this way, yeah, I suppose, new actors. Yeah, especially with the film as old as Psycho, where it is all in black and white. Yeah, so... You can bring it forward. The only problem is, you know what's going to happen. It is, if you're doing it shot yeah, for shot. And obviously Psycho's one of those films that's got its twists. It's very iconic for its twists. Uh, Have you seen any of the TV series of um, Bates Motel? Not yet, it's on my Again, I've, I've, list. I've watched the first season and a half of it, and it is very good, Yeah. but I've put it on the back burner because there's a good couple of seasons and there's other things I want to get finished first. Yeah. But it's good, the casting of it's quite good. Is it Freddie Highmore? Yes. Yes, it is. Which I didn't realise straight away because I didn't recognise him instantly because he's grown up. Yeah. He's not that cute little lad everyone knows. No. But no, mine was Paranormal Activity. Yep, and it was almost mine. It but was. it's a good film, good franchise, I do like very it. Very good franchise.
Stop the podcast. Do you ever get through your sweets on Halloween and think to yourself, why do we do what we do at Halloween? Why do we knock on strangers' doors for sweets? Why do we carve pumpkins? Why am I always dressed like a sexy devil? Just me? Well, fear not, because the Tarbis podcast after hours is the perfect way for you to learn a little bit about the origins of Halloween. Emily and Carrie will take you on a journey through history as they look at what made the Halloween that we know today. So click on the link in the description and take a listen to them and show them some love. But not before you finish listening to our spooky Halloween special. Back to the podcast. Okay, my number two? Yeah. My number two. Uh, We're going a bit old school here and it is one of the most iconic horrors, I think. Hellraiser. Ooh, the first one? The very first. Original and best, I think. I do like Hellraiser. Um, It was released in 1987. It's created by Clive Barker, who is known for his very horrific imagery of many different things. Which does sum those films up perfectly. It stars Andrew Robinson, who is probably better known now as Garrick from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Had to get my little Star Trek reference in there. (laughs) Uh, And I've had the privilege of meeting one of the cast. Not him, actually. Uh, Doug Bradley, who plays the famous Pinhead, the iconic... Who so many people think is called Hellraiser. He's not, he's called Pinhead. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that character Hellraiser with no. the pins on his head. That's, at least they recognise it. Yeah, but it's like, in your description of what you think is called Hellraiser, you've also named him by saying the yeah. one with the pins in his head. No, but I've met, I met him, he signed a photo, told me to go to hell, I loved it. There's <laughs> not many situations you accept that. No, no, most of the time it'd be like, oh, hey, mate. <laughs> hey, come on, yeah, we're not yeah. like, with the kind to of get into fights, though. Now, it is, if you don't know about Hellraiser, essentially really boiling the franchise down you have a puzzle box yeah and by solving the puzzle you open a gateway to not exactly hell but a hellish dimension where you have people who enjoy being tortured Xenobites 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 yeah uh, Pinhead is the leader and he has got all pins in his head like his name Stereotype suggests name. but you have there's a whole array of them you've got twins who have been twisted together you have they come a, in one of the later films I don't know yeah you have a woman who literally has a cat inside her chest you've got the, chat, the, the chattery one which the is the creepiest one. one for me it is very creepy for me yeah. it's it's not what it looks like because I think actually visually some of them are quite laughable it is but yeah. it's the chattering noise it's and that you'll notice it's noises for me the theme for horror films it's the ones that generally creep me out and scare me it's noise I know yes and I get that there's another film that I think we're going to be talking about later where there's a particular noise that comes in but yes but the problem with Hellraiser not the first one I love the first one it's original it is very gory one you have a character without any skin for most of the film and I do think the Cenobites they're not in it that much to be honest but that's I think a good thing it is because that's that's where some of the later ones kind of go a bit ooh yeah they they do that thing where they go too much there are ten films now is it ten? Ten. And Doug Bradley is in, I think, eight of them, maybe nine. But the, only the first three were released at the cinema. They're the only ones who have really any quality to them. Yeah. Then you get the straight to the DVD releases, where a lot of them actually weren't intended to be Hellraiser films. They were horror ideas, which someone went, oh, well, you've got this franchise, we'll... Let's pop in it. Put that in. <laughs> yeah, basically. Though, what's really weird, one of my fun facts, I don't know if it's the fifth one or the sixth one it's very much down the line and I haven't seen it but Henry Cavill stars in it future Superman yeah he's in the Hellraiser film along with Carrie Payton 
who's King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. Ah. They're the two main ones in that. Obviously, I'm going to use another Star Trek link here. In the, in the third film... <laughs> I should start making a little tally. You should do. In like, the third Twice. One, <laughs> it's actually a Deep Space Nine character again. Uh, Jadzia Dax, actress Terry Farrell from Deep Space Nine. She's the lead in the third film. Cool. And to be honest, I'd say the third one's the last one where I'd really spend any time watching it. There was a point where I wanted to work my way through all of them. That's before I realised there was ten of them. I I started to. Because, I mean, ten films of anything is a commitment. I have the first four. I'm happy with those. But it has got to the state of... they. There has been another cinema release, but I wouldn't count it. Because See, that's a film I think I'd quite like seeing a modern version. Well, I'm coming to it. Because they're going to make it. Good. But they got to a point a few years back where to keep the rights they had to make a cinema release film. They couldn't keep sending them. Yeah. And they literally released it at a single cinema and just invited the crew. Because they didn't do anything good with it. They just needed to make a film. I mean, that's a clever little loophole, I suppose. But now I think it's gone back to Clive Barker, the original creator of it. And he wants to make a reboot of his original, but he cannot imagine anyone else's pinhead other than Doug Bradley. No, it's monumental. Yes. Again, it's iconic. Yeah. It's a word that pops up so many in horror films. It really does. Because there, the ones... are so, there are so many iconic horror films. The so ones that we're going to be talking about yeah, are the iconic are, ones, really. Uh, so Hellraiser, uh, the puzzle box. I do like the fact that if you buy the box set, it comes with the puzzle. That's cool. That's nice. I mean, just by opening the box set, you're kind of inviting them in. Really? I'd do it. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah. yeah do it. Seems like they were quite I, I'm the guy who says Candyman three times, just to see. Just to see. <laughs> Bloody Mary into a mirror. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's scary. <laughs> I think Candyman's not exactly a bunch of flowers. No. Bees out of the mouth, no thank you. Yeah, but I know Tony Todd. He's been in Star Trek as well. Anyway. Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Hellraiser, the first one, not the sequels. No. They very much the do The first go down. one is very good and that's the best way to look at the selections we go through choose them as a film yes not necessarily as a series yeah or some of them often the, the best one will be the first one yeah because it's the one that introduces you to it they can have good sequels oh, yeah. as we said like Paranormal Activity 3 is quite a good one very good not very often a third film is brilliant no they Do need to have learned because I actually worked at a cinema when the second one came out and we had complaints that it wasn't scary oh really Yes. They wanted their money back, but I said, but you waited the whole way through the film. If it wasn't that scary... It's like people you know. who try and... Because, again, as a, as a chef, mm. it's people who, who order a meal, finish the meal, and then go, I didn't like it, can I, I don't want to pay. Yeah. And you go, but you've eaten all of it. If you eat, like, half of it, you can go, oh, I've got half of it, and I realise I really didn't like this. You can still kind of then go, oh, you should have done it earlier, but fair enough. Yeah, you didn't finish the meal. But by the finishing meal. the product, no matter what industry it is... You've kind of experienced what you've paid for. Yeah, to be honest, I was very honest with the person who complained to me. It's and, very British, isn't and it? And I did say, no, it isn't that scary. I know, because I paid my money to go and see it as well. I didn't get a refund. <laughs> I watched all of it. <laughs> I think it, if you pay to see a film yeah. and you stay to the end, it doesn't have to enjoy it. You've still experienced the film. Do you know what I mean? I would actually never walk out of a film. No, I don't think I've ever walked out of a, a cinema, no. Because there's not a film... I don't think where there, there, nobody enjoys it. It's for someone. There have been a number of films I've turned off at home, but that's different. That is different, but I do try to make oh, no, it through. I generally try and... There, there's, there's a film I'm going to mention at some point later. It's not on my list, obviously, yeah. that I did just out of turn off. But we, we might tackle that one later. 
I'd probably love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you will. I can tell you for a fact you'll love it. Oh, no. Um, but what's your second film? My second one is the first film that ever proper scared me, and even now puts me on edge. Okay. It's The Grudge. Because it's that famous night. It's the which is made by the director. The director's the one who did all those noises. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name. Are we talking about the American right, the, version? The version I saw is actually the Sarah Michelle Gellar version. Yeah. Because the um the Japanese version isn't technically called the Grudge. It's called like Ju One or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle the the American vague, so <laughs> I'm not going to watch the Jap because they're known for being horrible, terrifying films. Yes. The Japanese are known for it. I tell you what, though, I was never affected by it. That film. I, I might. Do you know what? I though? might be empty aside. For, no, I don't know. for me, it's the combination. It's an, it, the noise. Is it? It's not just the noise. It's the face. Yeah. It's the pale child's face with the black open mouth making that noise. It gets me. Yes. It's it's horrible. It is horrible. Have you seen the whole film? Yes. It's the scene about two thirds of the way through. Sarah Michelle Gellar is on the bus. And she she hears the noise, looks at herself, and it flashes in the window. Yeah. I went nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was at home. Yeah. And I was younger than I was meant to be, but I watched it and went, no, nope. And yeah. I I left it a good six years till I watched the last half of that film with my 12-year-old neighbour. I was babysitting. And their parents said, oh, they've started watching this, this horror film. Um, they're in there. Then the parents went out. And I was like, okay, cool. I walked in and I heard it. I heard it from the hallway. I heard that. And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> and I'm like 19, <laughs> I'm like 19, 20. And I'm like, I cannot be the one in this room with this 12-year-old girl <laughs> going, going, oh, can we turn this off and maybe put something nicer on? But I watched the end of it. And actually, the... It was still creepy, so it still creeps me out now, but it wasn't scary that time, because I'd, I'd had time to take it in. I'm going to reference Craig again, because uh, he sat pretty much where you're sat now, uh, and I've had to take away the grudge from the, the DVD wall. We've all had this conversation, because the face is on the The face is on the yeah. spine of the DVD. Is it still gone? It's... It's not my film, it's uh, my girlfriend, oh. so it's got a Do you know what I get section. it? I actually, it's the face and the noise combined, yeah. but if I have to choose one of them to avoid it, it's the face. Yeah. To the point of when I Google this to see if I can get any information and facts about it, I, I couldn't look at the screen, okay. so I have to keep switching past it. Because the thing that comes up. Yeah. yeah, the face, and it gets me so badly. I don't know if it's the stereotypical um, round of face of the Japanese children, because that is what it is. It's that, I, that. I will say it was probably a smart move on the American production team to still film it out in Japan. One of the keynotes that they did say on IMVD about it was that it's one of the only Japanese to American remakes where they kept it in Japan, they didn't move it over. Because like The Ring yeah. moves it to America. Yes. And they, they do it in this country. Have you seen both versions of The Ring? I have. I have. I I like both actually, to be honest. Yeah, Alright. I, I quite like them. I would prefer the Ring films to the Grudge films. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I, yeah. I think the, the Ring films are more dramatic. Like with the, the fly on the eye and the yeah. horses jumping I will off the say, ferry. For me, the scariest thing about the Ring isn't any of the main film. It's when the film makes you watch the video and you're and you're like well this is weird and now I'm watching it anyone who watches that The Ring though cannot say that they're not a little bit worried that something's about to call out their telly I'm, you I, can't I, even I, now in front of us there's a black telly <laughs> if that turned on I'd be out of here mate That's I'd true. push you to the floor and I'd run you'd never see a fat man jump over a sofa so quickly <laughs> because honestly that and if there's a little like uh, from behind the telly as well I'd be out of here mate <laughs> I throw got, you to the wall. I've got to rig that up one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see on YouTube all these partners who prank 
using the word prank very lightly, yeah. where they, they rig these things up. And I think, I'd, I'd leave you. We're not a couple, you know that. No, I don't mean you. I, don't mean you. I, mean, I, I was saying that to like, the partner. I'd, I'd leave them. I don't think I could deal with that. <laughs> I'm not generally that much of a wuss in all areas of life, but that is something that, once something scares me, it scares me. And oh. I will say, I spent so long trying to find a film that would scare me, and now I'm the opposite. I am so easily scared by horror films. I I'm, tend not to watch them. I'm not at all, but I maybe I'm a little bit numb now because there are so many horrors on Netflix. Yeah. And I do. I wait until last... Gone 12 at night, and then I'll put them on. Yeah. And, it, and my girlfriend's in bed asleep, and it's just so it's just me downstairs. I can give you an example. Have you seen Sinister? I have. I've got it over there. Does it scare you? No. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it was just the fact that it's kind of in the background a lot, and it's like, oh, that's creepy. Um, and then Insidious scared me as well, because the red, the red face thing scared me. No. I like the Insidious films. Oh, no, I do. I think, for me, the creepiest thing about the Insidious films are the photographs. Yeah. The photograph with the... Well, is it a man in the end? Did we find out from the sequel that it's a man? It looks like an old woman in black. And she's in the distance, and every time he it's takes photos of himself... It's a cross-dresser, cross-dresser isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think every time the... It gets closer. It gets closer in every she photo. she says the whole point is you can't take any more photos, because if it touches you, it will steal your body so and So naturally, over. they take another Because that's the premise, photo. isn't it? It's the yeah. idea that these spirits come to you when you're weak, and because they want your body. Yeah. They want to come back to your world, which is terrifying. Yes. So we're not allowed tellies. <laughs> we're not allowed Japanese children. We're no, not allowed cameras. I'm going to keep to the, the telly idea. You've not seen the Conjuring films, have you, or have you? Nope. Right. No, because I know what they're like, and I know I'm not good at horror films. Also, the thing about, if you believe this... If there's a number, I mean, I swear no. to... The, to the Conjuring films are based on true stories. Which is so much worse. Yeah. So the, much worse. They are based on the adventures of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are real, oh, like... Ed not, and Lorraine. Are they, like, paranormal investigators? Yes. Uh, they are behind. You will have heard of the Amityville Horror. Oh, yes. That's a real thing that they dealt with. And both of the Conjuring films... And I'm guessing the... Well, no, I think the Annabelle spin-offs have gone away from true stories. Same with, I think, like, the Nun films. I think they're Yeah, the spin-offs tend not to be. But The Conjuring 2, I think it's set in England, I think. It is. And there's this one scene where they're watching TV and then suddenly the power goes off and you see in the reflection an old man in the chair behind. I'm not enjoying this because <laughs> I can see the telly and there is reflection. It's us. And it's actually, there's a black thing behind us and I know it's my coat. Oh, it's yeah. your coat because I've got a coat. Um, which maybe, your, which, your, your ghost coat. <laughs> I will say, I said my coat then I realised I didn't bring a coat so I got scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's that's... That's your the second grudge because it genuinely scares me, and that's the variety of my list. They don't all scare me. Okay. But I don't think a horror film has to all the time to be a good horror film. Do you know what I mean? No, that's true. Like that's the true. grudge does scare me. Paranormal activity creeps me out more than scares me. Yeah, and my, my number one doesn't. It doesn't scare me. It, it did the little bit the first time, but not really now. Okay, shall I give my number one? Yeah, my number one. I personally think it's the most iconic the my little pony film how did you know it's terrifying no one should be that happy i'm just saying yeah yeah i hate you oh that's <laughs> true i'll always love you i know right now my number one horror film is a nightmare on elm street the original the original of course the not original. the weird remake well, actually, I have. Oh, I don't think it's I a have really... a few. It is a remake. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a horrible remake. No, but I've got a fun fact. But I need to get is through it a few. A fun fact. I've got a few other facts oh, to lead up. To uh, it. Yes, so I, cool. I can't just nip it in there. <laughs> right. 
A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, 1984 it was made. And who made it? Wes Craven. You see? The Don of Horror. <laughs> the Don of Horror. Uh, obviously, it stars Robert England as the nightmarish Freddy Krueger. The whole premise is that he attacks you in your yeah. dreams. And I mean, those films have got some celebs in them. Johnny they Depp. Did. Will you stop stealing my facts? <laughs> That's me, I'm right. a fact stealer. No, I'm going to... Right, I've got to go into it now. It was actually Johnny Depp's debut. Was it his debut? Yes, he oh. didn't actually go to audition himself. He went with his friend and got the part. There are so many stories about films and TVs that do that. His friend was Jackie Earl Haley, who ended up playing Freddy Krueger in the remake. Oh, yes, that's see? cool. And to get the part, young Johnny Depp beat Nicolas Cage, Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen to the part. I know that Johnny Depp didn't know everything that was going to happen in his filming scenes either. Is he the one that gets dragged through the bed? Yeah. Then spit up to the ceiling yeah. full of blood. There are details of that that he didn't know were going to happen, so the shock on his face is real. Good. Which I think, again, it's, yeah, but it's good. Yes. It is such a to good honest, thing for filming. I think, obviously, uh, I do think Freddy Krueger for horror is one of the if not the most iconic character. He's definitely up it's there. It's got the red and green striped jumper, it's got the clawed glove, it's got the hat well, and the, the scarf is, skin. You, you go your classics, you go like your monster monsters, you go your, like your Frankenstein, your Dracula, your mummy, you know, those classics. But then you go to like your film ones, you do, you have Jason Voorhees, um, the one you just said Freddy that I already Kruger. forgot the name of. <laughs> so iconic, you can't remember but him you, well But then you've got him, you've got like Alien, Predator, they're all these famous yes. things. I mean, I don't personally class Alien as a horror, but it is. It's sci-fi horror. It's a sci-fi sci horror. Um, I do think, I mean, this whole idea that someone can attack and kill you in your dreams, you die in your dreams, you die in real life, that's quite scary in itself because it's your safe place. It's your safe you know, place. And you're so vulnerable when you're Freddy does not make it a safe place. No. Even if the effects are dated. They are now. But With we'll the come. long old arms. Yes, okay, plasticine. But <laughs> other ones are actually still still hand up. They're still hold up. Uh, one of the most iconic scenes is the bath. When she's falling asleep in the bath, and as soon as she starts to nod off, the hand comes up oh. and then drags her down. Brilliant. Brilliant. And again, emulated in other films. Yeah, yeah. And there have been... Hang on, I've got to find out how many films have been now. I've made a note. Because there's a television series that I've not seen, but there's nine films all in all. Is there nine? Inclu Not including the remake? Or including the remake. Okay. But, now, i tell you what. The the remake, I saw at cinema. Did I see it with you? You and Craig? Yeah, I think, I think. did, yeah. Craig's going to come up a lot in this podcast. Yeah. He watches a lot of We'll get him in at one point to say hi. And everyone will be like, we know him. We, we know him so well. <laughs> and we prefer him to you. How bad is that? That's a pattern. The thing about the remake is, I do think it was a little bit forced. It tried to cherry pick... A lot of the famous scenes. Yeah. But it put it all in almost out of context. I think it focused too much on his backstory. Him as a paedophile. Yeah. And being attacked by. Was he actually? I, 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 I came out yes. of him not knowing. I think he is. I think the whole story is that he attacked all the children and the parents banded together and burnt him alive. Because it, it, the way I came, I came out of it not sure, because I wasn't sure if. They thought he was, they accused him, and they punished him, and he wasn't, and that's why he was coming back. But I wasn't sure. Uh, you know what? You're making me doubt myself yeah. now. I'm pretty sure he was. I think he was. Now, I've, there was... It's not a remake. It's called Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. And I think it was the seventh film. So it wasn't the... Sorry, it was before the out and out remake, and it was before Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. The, the, the spin-off crossover. Um, but The New Nightmare... Wes Craven had obviously learnt this thing 
about knowing his audience and knowing film within the film. Yeah. So it's actually, it's the actors from the first film getting haunted by Freddy Krueger in real life. That's clever. That was, that was good. Even Robert Englund, I think, is in it as Robert Englund, separate to him being Freddy Krueger. That's cool. And they gave him new makeup and everything. And then actually, they're, they're talking about doing another uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What, like another reboot? Another reboot. Right. Um, but, obviously, Wes Craven is dead, so they wouldn't have yeah. him. But I actually like something that Robert Englund, because you would think Robert Englund maybe didn't like being recast. But he's actually happy with it, because he has a theory of what they should do with it. And I actually think it's a, a great idea. He thinks, because it's your own personal nightmare, every Freddy Krueger should look different in relation to your personal nightmare. Oh, yeah. So it could be played by different actors to fill in what you find scary. Because it's normally someone that you're scared of, it's someone you know. You know that, you know, so it could be your headmaster or something. You know, someone personal to you to haunt you. So but, a bit so more like personalised to your fear. But he still liked the idea of him being the ultimate Freddy, even within that. Mm. Maybe being the Freddy that the other Freddies are scared of. He just wants to be the ultimate one, which you, you can't blame ultimate him. He Freddy. originated one of the most iconic characters, so of course he wants to keep and that he's label. Still he's, he's still creepy. He is still person. Rob Englund, not not Freddy Krueger. Yeah, no, he's just a scary bloke, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I absolutely love that film. I do like the franchise generally. It's a lot of fun if you don't take it too seriously. But the first film is actually really, really creepy. Just the, just the premise of it. But that's mine. I have no more to add to that. So what's your number one? Your numero uno. My number one. As I said, it's not one that outright physically scares me. It scared me a little bit the first time I saw it, but I just enjoy this film and I can watch it several times in a row. It's the 2001 remake of 13 Ghosts. Now, this has got Matthew Lillard in it, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. So, not as like main character, but he's in it. Yeah, you've got Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. All right. Now, I have seen 13 Ghosts. I can't remember a whole lot about it. No? Very basic premise. A family inherit a house from an uncle they didn't really know they had. Uh, they, they turn up to the house. It's completely made out of glass. So, as I said earlier, glass is always scary. Completely made out of glass. Turns out that their uncle used to collect ghosts. He used to go out and hunt them and collect, like, the most famous ghosts. And he was soaring them in the basement of this house. The problem is they get in, they accidentally set something off, they lock themselves in the house and unleash the ghosts. One by one, not all at the same time. Very quick film otherwise. But one by one, they all get released and it turns out that they've all got a theme around the Black Zodiac. So they've all got a certain pattern and a certain theme to each ghost. And it's it's, it's a very good film. Actually, I'm remembering the house. Yeah, and to be honest, the house is definitely the selling point of the film because it is this... Very modern, picturesque, purely glass house with um, special like uh, ghost writing. I don't know how else you'd call it on the glass, so they can't okay. pass through it. Right, yeah. It's to keep them trapped. The idea is that if they do escape, you, the doors and walls can move mm. to trap them. Yeah. Um, it's very well done. You can't see the ghosts without wearing special glasses. Yeah. Because they're ghosts. And yeah, it's, it's just, I just really enjoy the film. Again, I was quite young when I first saw it, which is probably why it scared me when I first saw it. And it's probably why it's still your favourite. Yeah, because it is, I enjoyed it and it scared me. Yeah. I like, is it Lillard or Lillard? I think it's Lillard. So I, think, I think you're right as well. Yeah. But, no, I like that. I think, it's just it's a good film for me. Yeah, no, it's fine. I As I say, I've seen it once, I 
I've seen it numerous times. Again, it's another one I do have more than once on DVD because the DVD stopped working, so I bought another one, but then the other one started working again. I was like, well, I'll keep them both. Fair enough. Um, Why not? Great film. Um, I mean, there's actually only four deaths in it, but it feels like more. Yeah. Uh, Only one of them is ghost-related. Only one person, actually, Matthew Lillard, gets gets killed by a ghost. Spoiler. That's all right. <laughs> it's not the kind of film you worry about spoilers in. It's got Probably ghosts not. and people trapped in the house with them. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. To be honest, the best scene in it isn't a ghost scene. It's just after they accidentally activate the house at the beginning. The, the family turn up to the house, and there's a lawyer waiting for them at the house just to say, this is your house, you need to sign for it. And Matthew Lillard's character is like um, an ex-assistant to the guy who used to own the house. Yeah. So he knows about the ghost, and he's trying to warn them about it. But he gets stuck in the house with them. But so does the lawyer and another random girl who I can't remember her role. I think she's just another ex assistant of the guy I used to work. Okay. Um, but they Cannon all, fodder, basically. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Because the only deaths in it are the lawyer, <laughs> Matthew Lillard, and Cannon fodder girl, and another character, which I won't say because it is a major spoiler. Okay. Um, the, for me, the best part of the film, one of them, is the lawyer's death. Just after they accidentally trap themselves in the house, they, they um, the youngest son pulls um, a leather. Um, and the house starts shifting around to lock itself into order right. and the doors start closing and the lawyer gets caught in between the door and he gets halved nice. cross section down and, but he, you don't realise because the door shuts and his eyes kind of do a left to right thing and then the front half of his body just slides down that reminds me from a scene from a film called Cube just Cube yeah oh, those are good films you introduced me to them I love the Cube series they could have been on this list easily actually if I'd thought about them they I, are really I've good. forgotten yeah, about them. the first one I do really really the love later them. ones get a bit sci-fi too much to be honest the first one's got mystery to it and you don't know well, what. none of them really have a full on answer no but the third they kind of do piece together but yeah. like the third one's not even really in the Cube True. So, but the first one. They are good films. If you like a bit of like a horror with a bit of a saw, but high sci-fi kind of twist. To be honest, it is one of those films where I do like it when people wake up in a room where they don't know. I mean, obviously, Saw, the Saw franchise. Again, I know you said they could have ended up on your list. I have stuff written down for it because, yeah, it almost was brilliant films. Considering the first ones were made on such a small budget as well. And the thing about that, that's not even, and probably why it didn't end up on my list is I'm not sure which one is my favourite. Because they all connect. They're all I thought, I thought so about much. the Saw films as well. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'd have to put the first one down because it's iconic, but I don't think it is my favourite. We have both had discussions about the second one and the Pit of Needles. That, you see, just, just the word. I can't. <laughs> it's not even that someone just falls into it. It's someone's picked up and thrown into it. Yes, they have no say in and it. And there's the boxes that the girl puts her hands up into yeah. and she pulls down the blades come down. It's a very clever oh. franchise, but that's just it. I think it is a franchise across the yeah. board rather than an individual film. I feel like you can't film. just point out an individual film. No. I mean, obviously the first one started it, but it's actually quite simple. And once you know the ending, you know the ending. Yeah. Whereas the other films, there's so much but going also, on. But also, the thing that I like most about the franchise, not individual films, is how they all cleverly link to... They pro- do link like so you, well. Like, you, you watch the second or third one, and you're like, wait, you were in the first one? Have you seen the new one, Jigsaw? No, I haven't. I have. have you, yeah? Yes. Considering, I don't know if I've seen the sixth one. Semi-spoiler here: uh, John Kramer, who is Jigsaw, he died in like the fourth or fifth one, didn't he? I think third or fourth. He died really early, but he's still in. in I think he's in the fifth one, but he's like flashbacks. He's he's connected very, and again, he's he's in this new one, and it does work really well. I mean, I I will see it because I think they're brilliant films. It's on Netflix. But we should probably think about wrapping up a little bit. Now, so my number one is 13 Ghosts. Yes. It doesn't scare the hell out of me, but it's just, I enjoy the film. And the thing I like is all the 13 Ghosts, they're based on real 
ghosts and myths. Well, that's it. Well, so I use now the word you, real. Now you brought in the word real. Yeah. Something that was, which was never going to make it on my list because we're choosing our favourites. But if I had to pick the scariest film, it's a PG film and it's arachnophobia. I cannot stand spiders and it really gets me and I'm not going to choose it to watch it. Do you want to know a film that outright scares the hell out of me and it's again I don't class it as a horror what Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds oh no I understand that I don't creepy. Like the, do you know what I never had an, an issue with birds until you've watched The Birds <laughs> one of my ex-girlfriends she pointed out that she hated the sound of their wings flapping alright and the moment she pointed that out to me that's all I can hear when birds come near and it, yeah. it scares me also my mum has, has parrots mm. and we don't get on well luckily Nobody I know has pet spiders. This so is true. And, and, but, I mean, if you keep pet spiders... It's... But in all fairness, you look around the house, spiders are everywhere. There's more spiders in every house than people. But do you know what comforts me about films like Arachnophobia? Are they normal-sized spiders, or are they huge spiders? Right, it's a mix, because you've got the giant exotic, really, really poisonous one, which breeds with the house spiders. And it's in America, so it's bigger spiders than we have in England anyway. Yeah. But that breeds a whole new load of kind of big spiders but not like eight-legged freak the big, thing that just... comforts me about spiders um, and these horror films where they're humongous spiders is that no spider can grow bigger than 12 inches long alright which is big for a spider yeah I wouldn't want to meet it but, no but they cannot grow bigger than that because they breathe through their skin and okay. if they are any bigger than that it means that their skin is, would be too tight for the body and they wouldn't be able to breathe in the day okay that's a nice fact so it's like comforting but still still I still wouldn't want to wake up with one on my face an inch long spider is bigger than I want it to be so a 12 inch spider no yeah, no, thank no, no, no thank you very quick question before we wrap it up yes. what is the worst horror film you've ever seen worst as in not very good worst film you would never want to watch it again even might have switched it off halfway through okay I can tell you exactly because okay. it's low budget there is a film made of it which is much better quality okay. but I put on a film called The Krampus oh The Krampus yeah, but I'm no not the one I'm that you will have seen I've heard of The Krampus it, it's on Netflix and it is horrible and it is one of the few films that I went no you're just bad switch it off me and my girlfriend ex-girlfriend the one who introduced me to the horrors of the birds yeah um, we went Woolworths still open they Yay. used to sell loads of DVDs for like a pound yeah. some of them were really good yeah. some of them were not we picked up one called Sickle you might like Sickle why because it advertises itself as a horror film it says a load of teens dare each other to spend the night over in a, a slaughterhouse. Basically a porno. Is it? Yeah, it is basically a porno. Um, I we didn't even get to the to the sickle killer guy. We watched about half an hour of this film, and it was just like softcore porn the entire first 30, 40 minutes. Already? Want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on DVD somewhere. So that's going to wrap up the horror movies. My number one was 13 Ghosts. Yours was... A Nightmare on Elm Street. Brilliant film. Classic. Again, a lot of horror films are iconic yeah. for their own special reasons, and they affect everyone in different ways. That's why horror is so well done. Yeah. Everyone has a different fear, and they all touch people's fears. And... Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, you're not touching my fear. <laughs> I don't want to touch your fear. Is that what you're scared of? I Am you. I your fear? <laughs> you are. <laughs> we are in a dark room together. <laughs> no. Right, next week. Oh, technically it's in two weeks. In two weeks' time, we're going to do one for you. It's going to be musicals. We are going to do one with musicals. We're going to do our top three or five favourite songs from musicals. Three. We're going to do top three, are we? I can't make five. No, that's true. We're going to do, I could probably make a list of 20. You could. Minimum. I've, I've already got my three. I, could I can't release, do any more. I could release like a Disney-style three-CD album. You could, but don't. I'll delete but that off then, my computer. Then we'll have to review it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, we're going to do our top three favourite mu- songs from musicals and we're going to limit it to one per franchise. Yes, we are. Excellent. So that's what we're going to do and we will see you in two weeks. Have a very scary Halloween. Don't eat too much sweets or if you're in America, candy. Have a lovely horror time. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a lovely horror time. Later. Bye. Bye.